Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You're listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the podcast. Brand new episode, another one. You're getting two episodes this week. This one is a bit shorter than uh, than my episodes usually are. Uh, let me just tell you a little bit about it. So, a couple of weeks ago, I was contacted by Carlos Carlos Suarez from Portugal. Carlos is a student at the University of what's the name of his university? Aveiro. He's a student at the University of Aveiro in Portugal. Okay, and Carlos is doing a master's degree in audiovisual communication. And as you know, if you know anything about doing master's degrees, normally part of a master's course is that you have to do a dissertation. That's kind of like a big research project. And uh, so Carlos's dissertation is about language learning podcasts. Okay, so Carlos is doing an academic study as part of his master's degree all about language learning podcasts. And in his email, he said things like this. Um, in this project, I address the issue of language learning podcasts, um, making a theoretical framework involving issues such as the phenomenon of podcasts uh, growing in popularity, the various methods of teaching a language and the effectiveness of those methods, focusing on the teachings of Stephen Krashen and his input hypothesis. Uh, so basically, uh, Carlos's study is all about language learning podcasts and their effectiveness, the methods which are used, and evaluating those methods and considering things like the Stephen Krashen input hypothesis, the uh, comprehensible input method, um, which I've talked about before, which you may well know about. If you don't know about it, We'll talk about it briefly in this conversation. So, okay, so Carlos wanted to interview me in order to uh, collect data for his research, for his dissertation, right? So I expect he's interviewing a few different people. He's probably been contacting different uh, uh, podcast makers, language learning podcast uh, creators like me in order to get as, you know, to gather as much data as possible uh, to help him uh, write his dissertation. So he, asked if he could interview me. Uh, and um, I said yes. But I also said, would you mind if I published this on my podcast as well? Because this could be an interesting conversation for my listeners to hear as well. And Carlos was happy for me to do that. So that's what you're going to get here. Okay. The purpose of this interview, first and foremost, was to provide Carlos with information to help him with his studies. Okay. So it was recorded in that way. It wasn't recorded as a podcast episode, you see. So it's a bit shorter. Um, it's maybe a little bit more to the point uh, than um, conversations, my normal rambling 
uh, funny conversations that I have in episodes. But there you go. Now, one thing, Carlos has created a survey because he also wants to get information from listeners, people who use language learning podcasts themselves. So that's you, okay? So Carlos would really like to get as much data as possible. So if you could take if you could take his survey, that would really help him. And you'll find a link to that survey in the description of this episode. Okay. And that's both the YouTube version and the normal audio version. You'll find a link in the description where you can take Carlos's survey. It shouldn't take you too long, but it will really help him. And, you know, this is this could be a useful project. Obviously, language learning through podcasts, it's still relatively new. I know it's been going I don't know how old you are. So if you are 14 years old, you you might think, oh my God, language learning podcasts, they've been going forever, haven't they? Uh, but they're, you know, relatively speaking, language learning podcasts are quite a new thing. And so people are understanding how it all works. And part of that process is something like Carlos's uh, dissertation, his master's degree. And so this could be beneficial generally because it's useful, I think, for everyone to know more about how this whole thing works, you know, to, to, to understand the science behind it all. Uh, and Carlos's project might help bring new insights or revelations into the phenomenon of language learning through podcasts. So take his survey, it'll help with his study, and that ultimately might help us understand more about this whole thing, okay? Uh, as the growing, as the body of academic work um, understanding this subject grows and grows. So do take Carlos's survey. You'll find the link in the description. I'm going to now switch over to the interview, which was recorded uh, just earlier this morning. Uh, okay. All right. I'll maybe speak to you a little bit at the end, uh, but otherwise, uh, let's now start the interview. Here we go. So yeah, if you can just sort of remind me of what the project is. That would be good. Okay, okay. So um, this is an academic work, as I've told you, and um, we are trying to analyze the podcast phenomenon, uh, more specifically the language learning podcast is a niche. The, and these podcasts are, been, uh, are um, in the last few years, they have been uh, increasing in popularity. So nowadays, podcasts are a relevant tool both in the education field and the entertainment field. So... This is something that uh, language learning podcasts, uh, not only the the general podcasts, uh, also try to offer to get uh, convey any educational value to li the listeners, but as well as they are also trying to entertain the listener while they, they learn something, which is something like, uh, for example, you and your podcast try to try to do. Mm. And uh, this research aims to assess the possibilities that are presented by the podcast in the field of language learning, as well as its effectiveness and the most uh, its most relevant uh, features. Okay, this is part of. Sorry, this is part of. Uh, is it a degree, a master's degree, PhD? It's, it's a master's degree in the audiovisual communication. I'm from uh, uh, Portugal. Uh, so uh, uh, the research question for this project uh, was uh, was chosen as as this one: What features make a language learning podcast relevant to, for listeners? So to answer mm -hmm. this question, we also made a division into objective, uh, into main goals. Uh, so 
these were mainly three. We have two, three main goals with this project, which are to identify the existing typologies of the language learning podcasts, to understand the effectiveness of these podcasts, and also to propose a manual of good practices for the creation of language learning podcasts. We also try in a, a little bit um, more like secondary objectives to try to get um, to identify the the target the consumer target of um, this type of podcast and uh, the ways of uh, the monetization that can be adopted by the the creators of these podcasts things like Patreon and so on YouTube buy me a coffee courses and so on mm -hmm. so it's uh, it's this okay good so um, since we have now made the contextualization, I think we can go go on with the interview. If you if you agree, sure, I'm ready. So let's go. So okay. this is for my interview. So I will have to ask you this. It's I I don't know, I know that this may not be that relevant for your listeners because they already know you pretty much. But uh, could you provide a brief introduction of uh, yourself and your work as a form of, of contextualization, please? Yeah. So um, I'm an English language teacher, English as a second yes, or other yes. language, TEFL teacher, as it's called. Uh, I've been doing that for about 22 years, uh, teaching groups of adults, yes. um, uh, taught in different countries. Uh, these days I live in France uh, okay, and, I, okay. and I still teach um, classes um, twice a week. I teach part-time these days. So I teach groups uh, Mondays and Thursday mornings, groups of adults at various levels intermediate often these days, uh, or upper intermediate. And as well as that, I do this podcast for learners of English. Uh, it's called Luke's English Podcast. And I've been doing that for about 14 years. And I publish uh, episodes more or less on a weekly basis. Uh, I put them on a podcast feed. Uh, and also I publish uh, the videos, uh, video versions usually on YouTube yes. as well. Uh, the audio versions normally have a little bit more content th than the video versions. Um, and as well as that, I've got a premium subscription, uh, which yes. is through the yes. Acast Plus system, which allows people to sign up and they get extra content, uh, normally content in which I'm actually teaching. I focus on uh, teaching rather than just providing sort of, as you say, entertaining content. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's like for a small fee per month, they can um, they can access that content in their podcast feed as well. Of course, of course. And and a third thing maybe to mention is that I'm, I also do stand-up comedy too. Yes, I've yes, been. I've seen that. I'm also a big fan of comedy, so good luck in your, in your journey. Thank you very much, yeah. I've I been doing that Netflix rough... special. Yeah, Netflix special, I don't know, maybe one day we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it being the third thing that I do means that I don't get to spend all my time and energy on it, but it is it is something I do regularly. So yeah. that means, you know, I go up on stage and and tell jokes and stories and things like that. And I've been doing stand-up sort of on and off uh, for a, more or less the same length of time as I've been yes. doing this podcast. Um, and um, so it does help. It is, a, it is a significant thing for me that I kind of combine the English teaching and something of the spirit yes. of stand-up uh, in I'd, I'd like podcast. to try st stand up uh, for um, for fun, but I don't think I'm brave enough to do that. <laughs> oh, you must, you must try it because but, but, yeah, the, you know you don't wait until that I really like. Yeah, don't wait until you're brave enough. You just got yeah. to learn to be brave I, enough. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So to just do it. Yeah. 
So yeah, we have that in common. The the languages and the 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 passion for the, for comedy as well. Yeah. So, uh, what about uh, uh, your academic background? Uh, you are a, a language teacher. You've told me so, but uh, mm -hmm. your uh, formation, academic background. What did you you do? So starting at, at degree level, um, yeah. I did a degree in media and cultural studies. Okay. Okay. At uh, John Moore's University in Liverpool. Uh, media and cultural studies. I guess you probably know generally what that means. I mean, it's, yes, it yes. was it, it was a critical uh, sort of uh, communications uh, course rather than a, a sort of creative one. So that didn't mean I didn't really spend much time with cameras and microphones yes. and stuff. I didn't actually create much. There were some elements of that, but not very much. Mostly it was like critical stuff. So uh the cultural things, it was understanding cultural theory. So we did, we studied things like uh, Marxist critiques and uh, uh, feminist theories and okay. uh, postmodernism and, uh, and, and use that to analyze films and um, popular culture okay. and stuff like that. And then, yeah, so that was that. And uh, after my degree, um, I went on to, I just, you know, I sort of like didn't know what to do for a while. And then I, did a CELTA course, Certificate in English Language Teaching to Adults, which okay. is like like the main first level qualification that you take to become a an English teacher. That's the Cambridge. It's a Cambridge exam. And after about five years of teaching English, um, I took the Delta qualification, which is a higher diploma in English language teaching to adults. It's kind of like equivalent to a one year master's course. Yes. Um, and uh, that's the kind of more advanced um, English teaching qualification. And so, yeah, that's it. That, that's my academic background, basically. Okay, yeah. okay. So, but uh, what led you to create a podcast? Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, well, I was always a, I was a fan of podcasts. So I started yes. this, th I started my podcast in 2009. Um, and um, so podcasting... I guess was still in its infancy at that time, yes. but uh, I got my first. I mean, I actually got my first computer with an internet connection in my home, so, in my okay. in my own apartment, sort of a couple of years before. And I discovered podcasts, and I just sort of thought they were wonderful. Uh, listened to them all the time. I had an an iPod uh, Nano which I got for Christmas, and so I used to listen to podcasts all the time. So I was crazy about podcasts. And then um, I, I was working at a, a language school. Uh, teaching English, and okay. uh, I was given a special responsibility for uh, blended learning or using technology in the classroom. And one of the parts of that special responsibility was to do a, an actual online course in podcasting. Uh, the school was curious about podcasting and wanted me to find out all about it, with possibly with a view to using podcasts in the classroom. At the time, the idea was that it could be part of class projects where the students would okay. actually record podcasts, which didn't turn out to be the way that podcasts could be used for learners of English. Uh, obviously, now we see that uh, it, basically English teachers or content creators use podcasting as a platform to provide content to learners of English, right? Yes, yes. Um, so I did the course and I learned all about it. I decided it wasn't really appropriate for, for class projects, but instead I thought, well, I can... I realized that I could just make my own podcast really easily and publish them. Okay. Uh, and I had a laptop with an inbuilt microphone. You know, the technology sort of was at this yes, point yes. where it was kind of fairly easy to do. And so I found a platform. It was it's a democratic, a democratic media, the, the podcast. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. 
Um, hopefully it'll stay that way. And yeah, yeah. so, I, you know, I just realized, oh, I can do this um, and I can actually record stuff um, and using like software on my computer, I can make MP3s, upload them to this website, podomatic.com. Yes. Um, and then I and then people can go into iTunes, find my show and subscribe and to it, get the episodes. And it's, oh, my God, this is incredible, an incredible platform. Um, and this is even before the days when YouTube was kind of like as easy to use yes. on YouTube. You had a 10 minute limit for videos and stuff like that. But podcasts, yes. you can kind of like you could upload as much as you want. And it being audio is much easier to to edit the content and you know it's just suddenly really easy yeah, even now in the language learning field i what something i've uh, i've noticed is that uh, the podcasts are uh, way longer than the videos even in the same project for example yeah 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 although i'm because <laughs> i kind of yeah, uh, contradict podcast... that idea a little bit these days yeah yeah, your channel, you also publish your own podcast in the YouTube channel. So there's that uh, connection. But uh, yeah. there are some projects who will do, who publish the podcast, for example, in Google Podcasts and do some extra content for YouTube, a video yeah. content. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because, you know, the, the, the sort of convention is that on YouTube, the, the, the content is much shorter and a lot more visual. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, that's it. And I just, you know, I just thought this is a platform. It's a chance for me to, you know, exercise my creative urges and also to use my, uh, teaching skills that there's an audience out there that I could reach, you know, as I said before, it's like combining yes. this stand up comedy idea or something about expressing, expressing myself in content with the English teaching. And of it course, just seemed, it just seemed like the obvious thing for me to do. Um, and so I just did it and, uh, and you know i haven't stopped basically yeah okay cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But... Uh... So for the next question, as you've said, you have um, already taught uh, language classes in the face-to-face -face school uh, context, as you, mm -hmm. you said. So, But uh, what is your opinion about the traditional way of uh, teaching and learning languages, the one mostly used in academic contexts like school and etc.? Um, well, it depends because there's, I guess there's two situations that we can talk about. One is uh, when uh, people... Uh, maybe, for example, in Portugal or in France, yeah. uh, when you are at school as a child, uh, you have English lessons um, yes. taught by a teacher who might be Portuguese or French or something. Yes. And you've got a class of 25 or 30 kids. You're 11, 12 years old, and it's like yes. you've got to study English in class. And so there's that, that situation. And then there's the other situation, which is where, as adults, people realize, oh, my God, I've got to improve my English. My English of is course, even after like whatever, 10 years of <laughs> taking English classes at school, it's still not good it's enough. 
So I need to go and take English classes as an adult. So uh, you might go travel to England and, you know, take two months off and do an English, you know, English classes every day like that. Or you find somewhere in, in your home country where you can have classes and you take English classes as a second or other language. Yes. Uh, as, as an adult, the classes are smaller. Uh, you pay more money, obviously, because it's not part of the state school system. And um there you are. You're in a classroom, tr- struggling, and the methods might be different. You know, the methods yes. between the, the 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 high school situation and the private language school situation, the, the methods might be different. So, um, I, my experience is of the second one. You know, yes, teaching English to adults in small groups in classrooms, um, and in that situation, it really. It, it it depends a lot on the motivation and attitude and habits of the learners, right? Yes, yes. So um, instead of me making a critique of the um, English classroom as a as a situation, there are many factors involved. Autonomy, autonomy is very important in learning language languages. Yeah, the students, uh, learners have to have a sense of autonomy because what can happen, what the, yes. the, the sort of trap that a lot of people fall into, is that they go, they go right. I've paid my money, I've bought my course, I've travelled. Yeah, I've travelled to London. Yes, and I, I, I just need to just move my ass into the classroom and like sit there. Yes. And the rest will just, you know, the teachers will look after everything. It'll just, they will just fill me up with English. Yes, yes. And I'll just yes. sit there and I'll just be filled with English. But in, you know, it's not really the case. You've got it to. Does not use, work that way. Yeah, learn, learners exactly. of English have to use that situation as a tool. You know, yes. it's it's a great tool. It's a great opportunity. Um, but it ha- they have to essentially see it like that. They're using it as a tool. And yes. that they have to be very active and proactive and autonomous, as you said. And if they if they do that, then it can be a really good way uh, to learn a language. But there are many many factors that can prevent it from happening: uh, the attitude of the learner, and also um, the other students you have in that room. You might be unlucky and have a bunch of people who are just complete <laughs> completely terrible. You know, it's always potluck yes, so. uh, who you end up sitting next to or who you end up with. You know, uh, I've had classes where some of the other students just ruined it for everyone else oh. for what for what you know, just personality. <laughs> we all been there. <laughs> yeah, we've all been in that situation. So I think it can be a great way, uh, but the learner autonomy and and a sense of um, proactiveness is important. Okay, okay. So uh, you've talked about um, the factors that contribute to language learning, uh, the processes. So I'd say there's four main processes that are. Um, uh, connected to language language learning, uh, which are listening, reading, speaking, and writing. And what I would like to ask you is, in your opinion, which of these processes are the most important in the language acquisition? Gosh, so it depends. <laughs> I think for most, it depends on people's like, yes. goals and aims, right? Um, so in my experience, most people who come to my classes want to improve their spoken English because they realize they're going to need to use English to communicate orally, right? They're going to be of course, either in business meetings where they're suddenly having to operate in English and they have to understand what's being said and they have to be able to express themselves fluently at the same level as the people in the meeting to be competitive, right? There's that. And then there's just the social side where people want to be able to just sort of 
be able to operate socially. So if they're traveling or if they just happen to meet people who speak English, they can just, you know, adapt to that situation yes. quickly. So spoken fluency and and being comprehensible um, are probably the main aim. So if we just talk about that uh, in that context, then certainly listening and speaking are the, are the, the two okay. big skills there. Um, and which one is more important than the other? It's really hard to say. It's really, really hard to say. I, I think maybe listening, if you first, listening has to be really, really important. And that actually helps you with your speaking. Um, so th I think all the skills are equally important, really. Yes. If you're going to be a fully fledged, you know, user of English, you need to be able to have all those skills in place and they all help each other as well. Yes. Uh, but, you know, as I said before, if you're focusing on, on oral English, then yeah, listening is, is vital and that actually helps you with your speaking. So I, I would probably, if I have to choose, I'm, I'm going to say listening because I, okay. I make a okay. podcast. <laughs> for learners of English. <laughs> so listening but, is... But yeah. on the other hand, for instance, for if you learn a language for academic purposes, maybe reading will have a, a bigger importance. Yeah, reading and writing, of course, are going to be really okay. important if you're doing that. But then again, you know, listening and speaking are also hugely significant because yes. if you're taking, a, if you're doing English for academic purposes, you have to sit and listen to lectures. You have to take yes. part in seminars. You have to do research interviews, like what you're doing now. I was talking, I was talking mostly about reading the literature and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously then reading is going to be massive because yeah. you, I think students tend to read a lot more than they listen. Um, so in that yeah. case, yes. Yeah. Uh, another um, hot topic on the the language learning community especially the the language learning podcast community community is the topic of the grammar so uh, in your opinion is the study of grammar crucial for teaching and learning a language or should it take uh, the back seat a secondary place in relation to the immersion in the language and the and the understanding input um, yeah, as you say, it's a hot topic and people have, you know, fairly established opinions about this, yeah. right? You know, the, I mean, I'm sure that you'll be writing about the input hypothesis and Stephen Krashen in your study, of course, right? This is a very popular and often cited, um, uh, theory, let's say, or approach, which is that, you know, um, that essentially exposure to language itself through listening and reading is more beneficial to learning a language than language instruction, which yeah. would be essentially teaching grammar or teaching the the mechanics of the language. That instead of doing that bottom-up thing, you focus on communication and, and listening and input. Uh, I think there's probably, I mean, that's a very popular thing, obviously, at the moment, because it sort of does help, does fit in with the whole content creator system. Yeah. So naturally, people who have podcasts and YouTube channels will you know, uh, will, um, agree with this idea because it sort of supports their whole, the whole approach that they're using. Uh, but I think that there is a lot to it. I actually, I'm not that, um, sort of dogmatic about one particular yes. way. I tend to go for a more balanced approach because obviously having come through the CELTA, the Delta and teaching, uh, I do see the value in, oh, in, in, okay. in, language study and language instruction to an extent, but it's not the be all and end all of learning a language. I think that obviously a lot of the things that Stephen Krashen has written about and said make total sense 
that um, you obviously have to listen a lot. You have to read a lot. We focus on oral English here. Listening yeah. a lot is really important because how can you expect to be able to speak a language uh, without knowing really what it sounds like? Of course, of you know? course. So it makes complete sense that the the list the input hypothesis is is correct and true. So I think for me, it's sort of a balance that you should definitely focus on uh, language as a communication system, which means that you've got to listen to it a lot in order to understand the 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 rhythms of it, understand the the way it sounds, the way the words connect together, the way yeah. that you've got to become familiar with the oral the version of the language. Of yeah, because yeah. in English uh, especially, uh, there's the, the oral and written versions are quite different. And if you only study the language on paper, if you study the grammar, then you're going to struggle to convert that yeah. into uh, oral spoken English. Um, but at the same, so so I would say yes, listening, listening, listening. Listening, 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 listening. The five L's are really, really important. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, there is a place for doing some grammar study as well. It might be a secondary or sort of, you know, um, to to polish your language, for instance. Yeah, like an auxiliary thing. Yeah. You know, but every time you're looking at grammar or studying grammar, you always think of it in practical terms of. Yeah. You know how, or you know. You've got for me as a teacher when I'm studying or teaching English grammar, my method of testing it or establishing whether I'm understanding it, whether it makes sense, is to run the sort of the grammar through in my head. And so, does that sound right? Does that sound natural? That's yeah. how I establish whether something is correct or not. It's based on my instinct rather than my knowledge of the rules. My of knowledge course, of, of course. grammar rules. Um, is supported by knowing, my instinct. Knowing the language, but not about the language. There's also that uh, distinction. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to know the language first, and then yeah. you study the language to understand about the language, as you said, yeah. as a support, as an auxiliary thing to the main thing, which is yeah. focusing on the communication and, and listening and, and speaking. Yeah. So, as we've talked about in the, the last few minutes, I think uh, we can conclude that uh, there is not uh, a universal and infallible method of language teaching or um, language learning. So, um, uh, this process of uh, learning a language, may, maybe it's too complex uh, to be easily sequenced into a, an instruction manual. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. But that you know that what it often comes down to is is motivation, and whatever a per, whatever help. So it's time and practice. Yeah. Ultimately, time and practice. Time so and if you practice. spend if if you love grammar and you love studying the rules of grammar and this is what you this is what motivates you, then then do that because that is okay. not gonna it's not gonna hurt. You know that's definitely gonna help. Um, whereas if you just love listening to you know uh, a certain podcast where they tell stories. Then, then do that because time and practice. You need to spend as much time practicing as possible. So, whatever method, whatever avenue you choose, okay. is is going to work. You know the the metaphor I've used in the past is that all roads lead to Rome. You know, yeah. like whatever method you choose, ultimately the destination it is can, going to be, in language, be. Okay. language acquisition. Um, but there are certain kind of like basic rules, you know, like, for example, don't just spend all your time studying grammar okay. and learning vocabulary and lists. You've got to learn language in, a, in context and you've got to 
it, language is not a thing you know, it's a to thing you emerge can, yourself. Yeah. And and language is a thing you can do. Focus on being able to do English rather than just understanding or knowing English. Yeah. Yeah. So as you said, you talked about uh, listening, about practice, the motivation, but uh, in your opinion, and to conclude this uh, interview, this conversation, mm. what habits can, uh, in your opinion, can help someone learn a language? What uh, would your advice be in terms of habits? Um, uh, well, listen a lot. <laughs> listen to my podcast. There you go. Okay, That's the okay. end of the conversation. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Listen regularly, listen on a daily basis, okay? Even if it's just a short amount of time, yeah. but focus on listening on a regular basis um, and try to uh, activate your English as well. So um, that means, you know, repeating what you hear sometimes. Okay. Uh, so listen and repeat or shadowing um, and uh, personalization. So like when you're listening to something, try to get out of your comfort zone a little bit and speak. Yeah. And that's, that's a difficult habit to, yeah. to get because people think, well, I can't, there's social, don't, social. Don't get afraid of making mistakes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Every well, people... language learner has a little bit of that. So yeah, of course. Yeah. I will embarrass yeah. myself and stuff. So. God. Yeah. Me too. In French. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but so there's a leap you have to take, which is like where you just have to, throw yourself into it and not worry yeah. too much. So there's that. You have to take that leap. But yeah, if you make it a habit, if you regularly express your thoughts and ideas in English, even if there's no one there, yeah. if you're just doing it on your own, that that does help. And that then makes that that social leap a little easier yeah. where you, you know, if you've practiced a bit when you're with other people, you won't freeze and sort of like get blocked. So it's so of much. Course, of course, of course. Yeah. So I'd say this concludes uh, our interview. So thank you very much for your help and your collaboration. And uh, since you are learning French, I assume. So yeah. Bonne chance avec votre apprentissage du français. Merci beaucoup. Je 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 prends de, je 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 prends. I'll take it. I'll take. I'll take your your. Uh, oui oui oui. Je, je comprends. Je comprends. I understand. <laughs> no no. I also speak better English than French. So. <laughs> It's okay. better to do this in English. So yeah, sure. <laughs> I guess this. Uh, so good luck on your journey uh, in your podcast with your comedy as well, with your thank life. You. So yeah, thank you so much for helping me. Thank you, Carlos, and good luck with your with your studies. And I, I should probably what you've got a uh, you've got a questionnaire or a yes, survey. Yes, yes, I will, I will, I will. I was also going to talk about that. So I have the survey. If you could just make, for example, uh, a YouTube post, community post. So I received this questionnaire from a student. If you could respond, it only takes five minutes. Thank you. Yeah. A simple, a simple thing like that. That will help me a lot. I'll put a link to your survey in the description yeah. of this episode. Or also so that, yeah. Listeners, um, yeah, Carlos has got a survey for you. It's going to help him with his studies. Yeah, that which will be... His, 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 uh, his project is going to help everyone understand... Uh, how this is all how this all works right because at the you know of course ho hopefully hopefully <laughs> hopefully that's it uh so you inshallah. can take this, inshallah yeah inshallah. we can take the uh you can take the survey by clicking the link in the description it'll help carlos with his um yeah. with his study so yeah i guess that makes it so all right thank you very much thank I you will. carlos i will can i
So we'll yeah, see. That's... <laughs> goodbye, okay, goodbye. we can stop now. Thank you. Cheers. Okay. Cheers, cheers. So that was my interview with Carlos there. Um, all right. I hope you found that interesting. I hope Carlos finds it useful and that it helps him with his uh, master's degree dissertation. Remember that Carlos would also like to hear from you and you can uh, help him by taking his survey. There are a few questions um, about how you use podcasts for learning English. Okay. So you can just find the link to that survey in the description of this episode. Click the link, take the survey. It shouldn't take you too long and it will really help. Okay. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening to this shorter episode of Luke's English Podcast. No uh, big rambling stuff from me at this point, um, but new episodes will arrive soon in, in the next few days. I've got lots of episodes lined up for you. I hope you've been enjoying the recent content and I hope you enjoy the content which is yet to come. Okay. Thank you so much. And I will speak to you next time. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.